broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Cumming, Georgia, it's time for Forsyth Business Radio. And hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Forsyth Business Radio. I am your host, Amanda Pierce, joined in studio by three fabulous human beings, Amanda Grover, Dennis Santiago, and Daniel Huang. Before we dive into that, I will share with you what these um, these awesome people do here within our community. Amanda Grover is the business development specialist for DCO Commercial Flooring, and she will unpack that for us here in just a minute. Dennis Santiago is a newly, uh, what do you call it, graduating broker? Call it minted. Minted broker for Sotheby Realty. Did I say that right? Sothers- Sothe- Sotheby's. Sotheby's. Sotheby's International Realty. Realty. I do have a fireball in my mouth, so maybe that's why I can't. Well, congratulations to your new achievement. Thank you very much. And you're also still a realtor as well. That is correct. Perfect. And then also we've got Daniel Huang, who is the founder and CEO of 25 Marketing. He and I do um, some projects together, and he's got some outstanding work that you might have seen for some brands that are, quite frankly, my favorite. So we'll let him share a little bit about those things here just momentarily. But ladies first, we'll start with Amanda. So I am a business development specialist, but I also am the um, director of marketing for the company. So my role essentially is to continue to have established relationships with our existing clients and build new business with potential clients. And clients for my company typically range from general contractors to architects, commercial real estate agents, property owners, anyone who needs commercial flooring, wall cladding, or window treatments. So that's a whole different B2B world than a, than a lot of people tend to play in, but that's my job on a daily basis. And I see you out in the community doing so many things. You are such a social butterfly. You're heavily involved with Rotary, uh, also with the Chambers. So obviously that's a personal passion for you, but also that kind of feeds into what you do with DCO. Share a little bit about what you guys do collectively within the community. I have always found that being active in your community and being a servant leader and giving back um, provides more opportunities for me to connect with people of different walks of life. It is great to network within your own industry, but the real opportunities come when you have long lasting relationships with people on a continual basis. And I've always said, if you're going to get involved in your community, make sure you're getting involved in your own backyard. Because if I'm going to get up on a Saturday morning and plant trees, I want to make sure it's for the neighborhoods that I play in on the weekends, right? So that's a um, an investment I continue to make and I always look for ways to bridge the gap between my personal passions of giving back to the communities that have given to me and my professional networking connections. And when you can collaborate those two things, it opens up a whole world of opportunities, both professionally and personally, that you can't replicate any other way. Absolutely. I can only imagine because you've been in a similar field for quite a while that your network is vast and large and that you're able to bridge that gap quite easily, not only for your partners, but personal and business alike. Exactly. And there's so many people that I know that are in the architectural engineering and construction community that I see on a regular basis. Quite honestly, there's a lot of business developers in the Atlanta market that if you compared our calendars on a weekly basis, I'm going to see them three, four, five times all in the exact same locations, but the differences are the values that we bring relationship-wise from our own communities. And so that's where those opportunities start to connect on a whole different level. Um, Some of the best business developers I know don't just work in the circles that we 
write contracts in. Mm -hmm. We all work in our own communities and we all develop our own pathways and we all follow our own passions because I can work on huge multifamily projects that bring in millions and millions of dollars. But the true value to my company is when we can tell the story of the nonprofit we worked with, but we didn't, we didn't make as much money off of it, but it's such a great impact and legacy because the pictures, the stories and the lives it impacted are invaluable for our marketing opportunities. So you have to, it's a constant balance for me to balance great ROI with great passion, great stories, and great community involvement. I think you and I, uh, we share a passion for ROR, and that's return on relationships. Exactly. We'll, we'll touch on that again because I think that's a common theme of everyone here at the table. But I'm going to now turn the spotlight to Mr. Santiago, who is going to be spearheading a new podcast on Forsyth Business Radio X. I will let him pronounce the name of it because he does it so much better. And the floor is yours, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, the next uh, our next uh, project, our next podcast will be called Excelencia Latina. And I um, I cannot wait for this to, to come live uh, to showcase uh, the, the, the movers and shakers of our Latino community here in Atlanta. It's going to be a fantastic project. And, and like I said, I cannot wait. Having said that, I don't know how to follow Amanda. <laughs> that was absolutely fantastic what you said. I'm, I'm already taking so many notes here and I'm already just learning so much. And I, I love what she said about letting our values be our differentiator. That is just uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, but about me, since uh, I do need to speak about mm-hmm. myself. Uh, my name is Dennis Santiago, like like Amanda said. Um, uh, I am a, a real estate broker, uh, brokered by Atlanta Fine Homes, Sotheby's International Realty. I've been in real estate for about three years now. And uh, uh, much like much like was said earlier, I, I love this, this question about bridging the gap between the passions and the work. Uh, much to that, I found... That it's true. The more you give to your communities, the more, the better ROR you have, the better return on your relationships. Um, and, and I've taken that to heart. I am an active member. Uh, well, more than that, I'm a director right now. I've, I've uh, gone through the ranks of the Atlanta Realtors Association, which is the largest uh, association of, of, of realtors here in the state of Georgia. And uh, as a director and as the chairman of the social committee last just three weeks ago, we were able to raise over $25,000 for the Covenant House Georgia, which is a, a fantastic uh, non-for-profit here. And, and, and it was not only obviously was a task with it, but it was a passion project, just being able to help out and being able to raise the money in, in, in such a time frame, such a small time frame was, was a, a, something really great that we managed to do. Um, and I'm, I'm very passionate about how I can build relationships, yes, within my community, because uh, ultimately, I, I believe in my line of work, it is the ultimate uh, investment. Uh, and it is the ultimate investment. Uh-huh. That's correct. That is the one way that I can move my business. The average, the average consumer, the average person knows about 15 realtors at any given time. So how do I become that standout person, the one to call? Mm-hmm. It is building these relationships. So I... I, I I couldn't agree more. And you were definitely a tough act to follow. Well, it's a very personal relationship that you develop with your realtor if they are enthusiastic and hands-on. Because as you mentioned, it is the most, or me, I purchased my first home in August of last year. That was the largest investment I've made in my life thus far, monetarily. Correct. And for 90% of the population, it always is. And 
someone that's trustworthy guiding me through that process was paramount in making me feel secure as a new home buyer and helping me get the most bang for my buck and not fall into some new home buyer trap, etc. What do you do to equip your your clients with the knowledge through the home buying process? Absolutely. So one of the first things I do before we even start showing homes and before we even get you pre-approved with anything, we, we will have a sit down. We will have a conversation about what is it that you're looking for and why you're looking for what you're looking for. So if you come to tell me, oh, I want a three, two with a basement, uh, I'm not, I don't just want to take you for, for, I don't want to take that for granted. I don't want to take it at surface level. I want to dig into why. So you might have, you might, for example, you know, need to bring your, your mother or your parents to live with you. You might have certain things that just a three, two with a basement might not be right. exactly Feasible. what you're looking for, but it's the, it's how you're framing it to me. Sorry. So I, I want to dig deep into that. And then obviously I want to learn more about you as a person, what you're doing so that we can talk about where you want to live and why it makes sense to you. Obviously I, I'm, I'm never going to steer you into any place you want to be, but I want to make sure that, and now even through this craziness of the last two years that you don't get buyer's remorse because as, as you said, it's the biggest investment you're going to make 90% of us. That's the biggest investment we're going to make. And this is not like buying a car with a lemon law that you can return it to the dealership. You you know, you're stuck there for better or worse. So I want to make sure that you're having not only a good experience with me throughout the entire process, but that when you live in that house that you're actually falling in love and, and, and loving every second of, of being there. Exactly. And you touched on something which will lead me to my next point, but we'll save that for the round table discussion. Thank you for sharing. I'd like to turn the mic over to Mr. Daniel. He is a marketing extraordinaire. Uh, Daniel and I met just like by happen chance at a local coffee shop, which that coffee flows through my veins like 24 seven. Um, he does uh, marketing videos. He's a content creator. He's just an all around sir. And I will let him tell you about 25 Marketing and how he kind of came to form that company and the success that he's had within the community. Yeah, so hello, my name is Daniel Huang, and I'm the founder of 25 Marketing, and my office is located in Alpharetta, Georgia, and what I do is I help business owners who are looking to grow their business online, mainly using video, social media, and paid ads, but more importantly, uh, I think the common theme for the room is relationships. And when I started business, I wanted to do business with people that, you know, I had the same values with, who I connected with. Because when you're going to business, you're working with people for a long time and you want to build long-term relationships. So that's been the common goal for me throughout my journey as a business owner. And Absolutely. The name is very interesting, 25 Marketing. So tell me how you came up with that name. And if you say your age, gosh darn it, then I'm yeah. going to say, man alive, that, you youngster, you. That's the age I had the idea of okay. starting 25 Marketing. <laughs> so that's why I started it. Very cool name, just crisp and nothing too complicated about mm-hmm. it. But it yeah. also has some meaning. Yeah. You and I have worked together, and this will how we kind of transition into uh, opening the discussion up to the entire table. But we've worked together uh, on some projects, I say that, uh, on a referral basis. So I'm going to go ahead and call them out and shout them out. 101 Bagel Cafe, one Mm -hmm. of my favorite places in the entire world. My favorite location is in Duluth. They just opened one up where? 
And East Cobb. And East Cobb. Mm -hmm. So Daniel is the social media manager and marketer for that brand as a whole. He does all the creative videos and he does all the fun events and things like that. And um, because I followed his work through our love for 101 Bagel, he and I became friends and I've been able to refer out business to him that he has been able to help with political candidates in their launch campaign videos, all the way up to new products hitting the market and rebranding, et cetera. So that's really cool. So kind of taking that into consideration, I'd like to open up the conversation to everybody here at the table. We are all business developers and referrals are very important in our world. So especially in the world of real estate, Amanda as well in the relationship development and possible projects. And then Daniel, we just gave some examples of referrals, you know, back and forth. So talk a little bit about the importance of uh, the strength of relationships and then leading to referrals and then kind of how you manage the referral process. And we'll start with Dennis. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, and and all realtors have this saying that, you know, we're never too busy for your referrals. And it's it's, it's try, you know, it's tired, but it's true. Um, Me... Personally, I take extra care of their referrals. That means that that person who referred me, I made them look good, and 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 I need to make them look good after the referral. So they trusted me. They they liked what I did. They believed that I was the best person to get the job done. They truly did because they sent me a referral. So I take I a hundred and ten percent better care for that next person because yes, that is our lifeline. That is how our business continues. Um, but more importantly, it is about making sure to thank that person, right? Obviously, it's taking care of the person that, that they sent over to us. But for me personally, the moment I get somebody referred, I'll send, you know, a quick gift card, a, 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 a an edible yeah. arrangement. Or even whatever. just a thank you note, a yeah, literal thank handwritten, thank you, handwritten yeah. thank you notes, with, which I carry on in my backpack. To even before the transaction has has started to thank them for that. So that cultivates a relationship of, hey, regardless of not whether this works, because some referrals, you might need to refer refer outward because they, much like Daniel said, you want to work with your kind, right? right? So maybe that person that they refer to you isn't your kind and mm-hmm. it might not work for the business, but you still thank the person who referred them to you for having thought of you. And right. that's incredibly important in, 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 in any business, but especially in ours. And referrals go both ways too, because if they had a negative experience with you, they're going to go tell all their friends. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Like I had the worst experience with Dennis. Like, let me ch- it, like, Google another realtor. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> Amanda, talk about referrals and the importance in your world and how you've been able to kind of leverage them to benefit your business. So referrals in my community, a lot of times start with me referring people to them. And then you get the reciprocal value at the on the back end. So a lot of times I'm looking, people will come to me. Um, I talked a little bit about just the communities and the circles and the different circles that I float in. And sometimes people will come to me and they'll be like, hey, I'm thinking about uh, doing A and we need to do B. And for me, I know 2 million different architects. I know 2 million different general contractors. And I really have to listen to that person and hear what their needs are and identify who I know that will best serve those needs because I want them to be happy with that experience. And I want the person I refer to be happy with that experience very much. Like he just said, I want them to have a a good experience so that um, they will refer me in reciprocal. 
So I have a client now who had, I've referred a person to, and I've got a business partner that I have referred somebody to. Both of those are now prefer- potential referral candidates for me to do other relationships and works of projects and whatever we're going to do in that capacity. So that's the foundational level of referrals in my industry. The big probably difference at the end of the day is for me, I have to look at the team I'm referring because I may have a relationship with somebody and I may bring them to the table and I may kind of help facilitate the transaction, but I'm not the person at the end of the day installing their flooring, but I am the person at the end of the day that hears about it if the flooring's not installed correctly. So I have to make sure that from top to bottom, we're really looking at who's the best team for this project. Who's the best relationship? How can I help further a relationship? And I project manage just as much as I business develop because I have to make sure that every step of that project is fulfilled in the way that we started promising that person when we brought them to the table from day one. And so it's a much bigger um, scope, scope, cycle, referral situation because it's not just about that one transaction. It's about the entire process. Who's your project manager? Who's your installation manager? Who's the general contractor working on the project? How's the architect doing? And I have to constantly, if I'm referring somebody from a medical office building, I want to make sure that the architect that I'm referring works on medical office buildings and has the experience. So there's a lot more pieces. Um, I tell people all the time, it's kind of like a ping pong ball in a dryer. Like there's a lot of a lot of ping pongs bouncing around and you just have to make sure it lands in the right spot at the end of the day with every, I mean, these are, and you know, you want that. These are 10, 20, $30 million projects sometimes. So you want to make sure that it's the right connections and the right place. I like the ping pong analogy. I was literally in my mind picturing a ping pong ball in the dryer and hopefully it won't melt. Um, that's amazing, Amanda. I know you take great care in understanding not only your clients, but everybody in your network and the depth that you just went through, that, that whole cycle that you just shared about how much thought goes into that referral is just astonishing. And the way that you know your clients, your friends, and your sphere of influence inside out is really I tip my hat to you. And that's why when you go to these events and somebody gives me a 30-second sales pitch, there's no way in 30 seconds I can understand the relationship that you bring to the table that's going to be of value in that process. Like It truly is building relationships with people on a regular basis to understand the depth of what they do, not just the surface-level business card pitch. Can you give an example of maybe something in the past that uh, was a connection that you facilitated that uh, resulted in business for the people that you put together? Probably the most ironic one um, just happened recently. I was at a rotary function with another rotary club with an individual who is a nonprofit business developer who is leaving the nonprofit she's at to start her own nonprofit in Thailand overseas. Wow. Very, was it, was very, it on Saturday or the event we were at? No, okay. it was at, um, we were at a Rotary Means Business meeting in Brazelton. Mm-hmm. And so this young lady's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just following my passions. I feel like God has called me to do this. She said, I have no idea how to do anything in Thailand. Well, ironically, I have a very close friend who's opening a Thailand architectural office um, that is based out of Atlanta. Very strange one-off connection, and I just said, "Hey, let me uh, let me get you two t- to sit down for coffee." And he was in Thailand, had managed to get to Thailand somehow with all the COVID restrictions. She needed help not only with codes, ordinances, buildings, and designs for processes, but he was able to talk to her about how she was. He was able to get into Thailand with their restrictions and work backwards from that direction. And wow. so it really is just hearing uniquely the pieces of the puzzle and figure out who the two best people are to put together. And so they've had coffee and are working on conceptual zoning, planning, and designs for a um, ministry she's starting 
to prevent human trafficking out of the Thailand community. Wow, that's amazing. That's That's a great testimony. Testimony to the power of Rotary and then also to how savvy you are as far as connecting people. I imagine your brain's like a filing cabinet. And like when you meet someone and hear something, you're like, yes, Z. It, it, it really you is. There, you have to, you're like, I'm like, I know somebody who's done that. Who is it? Right. Like I know some, I'm like, who do I know that I can connect to those to that person? But that was a very unique, that doesn't, I mean, people don't come up to me every day and go, I'm building a business in Thailand. But yes. that one was a very specific scenario recently that I hope works out fabulously for her. Well, congratulations to you and them for taking that initiative. Exactly. Thank you. Parlay to Daniel. Let's talk about the importance of referrals, how you get them, how you give them and and what's your thoughts on on that topic? Yeah, so um, when you're starting a business, referrals are probably one of the best form of lead you're going to get because they're going to be warm leads. And what a warm lead is, people are going to trust you. And a lot of the times when you're building a business, like referrals are the main foundations of any business, and you know how hard it is to get a customer. So you got to take them on the whole journey of making ads, making campaigns, and you're trying to get as many customers as you can, but when you're running empty, the only source of, customers you can get is from referrals so when you get a referral you gotta take care of them like it's your family it's like someone you want to help improve their life so when you take them through that journey you get a good referral and then that's how you build a great long-term relationship do you think it's okay to ask people for referrals yeah for sure if you don't ask you're not gonna get what you want so That's you got to be too. proactive. Absolutely. Give an example, other than me, of course, of some great referrals that you've received or given yeah. um, that you can share as a testimony. So I want to share a story about how I got my first referral was at the gym. I would go to a gym called Lifetime Fitness. And I saw this. He's a baller, guys. Yeah, He's a basketballer. <laughs> so I go to the gym like three to four times a week. And then I saw this guy in the sauna. And I asked him, what do you do? Because I just wanted to strike a conversation with him. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Guys talk in the sauna? That's We can do that? Yeah, yeah. what's forbidden is looking at each other. <laughs> I was like, that's a newsflash. <laughs> I'm sorry, Daniel. You know I'm a ham. Go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, that was kind of weird. But, you know, I just decided to strike a conversation with him. And then he asked me what I do. And then I shared with him that I do marketing. And then he's like, oh, wow, I have somebody that I know that needs marketing. So I, was, I built a connection with him. And then he said he does some restaurant work. So I said, hey, I know somebody that might have worked at a restaurant. So that's how we connect. Do I know this person you were in the sauna with? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Yes, I knew it. I had it done to two people in my head. We won't call them out. It's okay. That's an amazing story. A sauna story. I like it. That goes to show, and I think we all probably, this could be a blessing or a curse, but we all have such a work-oriented and service-oriented mind that it never stops. So just like you said, you're playing basketball at the gym. You're sitting in the sauna. Like, why not strike up that that conversation, that opportunity? Amanda, I know you're a runner. I follow your miles and all all the places that you travel. I'm sure that you've even stopped and chatted about, you know, someone's floor that you noticed whenever you had to pick up a bottle of water on your run. And same thing, Daniel. Um, we're all very outgoing and enthusiastic, and business is always flowing through our minds. Yeah, and and I think that the one of the thing that that binds how we perceive referrals is uh, you know in 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 i i I'm, i dare to say in all three of our businesses nobody cares about what we do until they need us and valid but, point but when they need us or when they need somebody that does what we do we need to be the first ones that they think of right so it goes back to to that relationship building and being constant in 
what we're doing and being proactive and, and, and diligent in maintaining those relationships so that, again, when they need somebody to refer, they it's us and not the other 25,000 people that they know that do something similar. I like that word, diligence. Amanda, this is directed to you first and foremost because I know you've had a lot of experience. And then, gentlemen, I'd like your opinion as well. But the term business development, okay, it's multifaceted. Back in the day, not dating myself, but, I mean, a couple decades ago, that was just a sales role. You were a sales manager outside, inside. Now it's a disguise called business development. It's fancy. Put some icing on top. I like it. BD for short. But it's all the same role. I feel personally that the nature of business development has evolved over the years. You've got your cutthroaters out there who are just like, bang, trying to develop it. And they're just churning and burning, churning and burning. And then you have the people like ourselves that understand that we are farmers daily. And we are planting seeds that might take years to come into fruition. So my question is, as far as the nature of business development and evolution, Amanda, what are your thoughts and what are some important, you know, key factors within that role in order to stay relevant and on top of your game? So a very good colleague of mine likes to say it's not all golf tournaments and sales presentations. There's a lot of in between. (laughs) And cookie trays and tchotchkes. Exactly. And so the business development has evolved for me, particularly in the B2B community, has been very difficult in the last year. And to be quite honest with you, it's because the relationships I had pre-COVID, some of those people have retired. Some of those people have moved to another company. Or work from home. Some of those people have bought a house at the beach. I have no idea what they're doing. They're not inviting me over at all. Like there's there's people out there that I still have really no idea where they're at or what they're doing. And so business development, when we go back to the concept of relationships, really truly is – strategically figuring out ways to have diligent relationships and touch base with people along the way. And so my biggest challenge on a day-to-day basis is making sure I have an up-to-date CRM system, make sure that I have complete notes. And I personally set myself reminders. If I haven't seen somebody at a networking event or heard from them, just, you know, reach out to them, look and see if they're still active on their LinkedIn page, see if they're still working in the industry and just say, Hey, haven't seen you in a while. Want to catch, you, you want to yeah. catch coffee? Let's go, um, let's go out and have lunch, whatever works for that capacity. But I have to just maintain those relationships and kind of see where they're at. I will say that there is cookie trays. There is, uh, tchotchkes, tchotchkes. Golf there, outings. there is plenty of golf outings or top golf events, whatever you want to, however you want to mix that cycle in because people do want to get out, mm-hmm. but I'm not selling. My direct life cycle for a sales process is 18 to 24 months. So I'm not picking up the phone going, hey, can I sell you flooring today? We have people in my company that that's their job. They, they get up, they sell flooring, they handle those customers that need to replace a thousand square foot of tile in a bathroom. My job is to say, what can we do to help you pick your flooring out before you ever get to an architect so that that architect can spec the flooring pro- appropriately so that we are in clear selling once you get to the build process. Wow. And that starts way early on in the life cycle of a project so that we can make sure that we're holding the hand and being an asset to that person way before they ever get to a point where they want a number from us or a contract. And so that's building not only a relationship with a one-on-one individual, that's building a relationship with a company. That's building a relationship with the people in the company and building a relationship with all the people involved in the project. And so when business development really is about being that customer service oriented individual who is the front front face of a business from the concept point 
all the way through to the closing point. Yes. So I'm talking about planning groundbreaking ceremonies, ribbon cuttings, anything we can do. Can we sponsor a, a lunch for the people working on the project for you that day? How can I how can I not promote my brand but promote your brand and in turn get value from that? Wow. And so when we start talking about content creation and business development. Business development for me is really about how can I tell the story of the project to best showcase the work that we're doing for ourselves but primarily show the work that you're doing as a company. And that really does go back to creating that top of mind awareness that we were just talking about because top of mind awareness in my industry is just consistently being the brand in your face until you really do need us. Absolutely. Man, Amanda, you're going to have to come on um, one of my smart marketing podcasts because I think we could talk about this forever. Uh, Go ahead. If you had something to add. Yeah, no, um, a little bit of a tangent to that, uh, you know, the the role of the BDM has changed over the years because the sales process has changed over the years. I remember the horror stories of, hey, okay, how long are you going to take to sign that contract? I can wait. I have a I have a toothbrush in my in my backpack. <laughs> like, you know, those cutthroat sellers, um, I think, have they're still around for better or worse, but that's not what people are looking for and that's not what is getting the job done anymore it's becoming harder and harder to be cutthroat because nobody wants to be sold everybody wants to go shopping everybody wants to have fun and go shopping with their best friend nobody likes to be sold on anything so to your point we need to be that that guy that friends that 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 friend that takes you shopping and and not only do we need to be thought of as the expert and the go-to in our business but somebody that's friendly, approachable, and that when they call, when they get the call, they're not going to be selling. Mm-hmm. Hey, how can I help you? What do you need? Everything okay? Cool, fantastic. All right. Then it's going to come back. Oh, to in my case, how's real estate? How's your business? How's marketing? It's going to come back to us. But we need to we need to be the one that's never pushy and that's never putting our interests in in, in above somebody else's. I have hard times with assumptive sales versus how is it consultative sales. I will also say there's a huge element of client relations, not take the sales out of it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what I'm doing on a daily basis is not just selling the product or the service. I'm selling the industry. Mm-hmm. I am out there working with companies doing women's STEMs programs for high school students because the, at the end of the day, I have to sell the industry I'm in and sell the trust. We're not just all crazy yes. guys with a, with a, ladder in the back of a pickup truck that are trying to throw some flooring down. We are real professionals who have a real environment that your children can succeed in. Mm -hmm. I know guys that work in the field that make six times the amount of money my mother did as a teacher. Now, teachers don't want me to tell you that, but you know, like it's it's true. And, and so they have a one or two year certificate and are making, bringing home six figures a year. And so I'm having to sell what I do. I'm having to sell the value of my industry. I'm having to sell the value of being a construction worker. I'm having to sell that benefit to middle schoolers and high school girls and say, you can do this too. Mm-hmm. Because some of the best people that work in the construction industry are female. Absolutely. Right? And so at the end of the day, there is an element to business development as a term that is really community relations, client relations. We're going to knock down that building over there that people are really upset with us because we're gentrifying your neighborhood or doing yeah. whatever you want to talk about. But I promise you, we're going to give back to your community way more than what you see being taken away. And I have to sell the value of what's coming, not what's been. 
Yes, and educate the marketplace. That brings me to you, Daniel, as far as telling the stories of these companies. What you do is storytelling through uh, digital content creations, videography, etc. Talk about the importance of really kind of understanding your client's vision and bringing that to life through storytelling. And you can use 101 Bagel as an example if you'd like, storytelling through videography. Yeah, so one of the main things when I'm trying to create a story for a client It's just to figure out the goal, like what kind of messaging are they trying to portray? Is it like an educational video they want to make? Is it like a fun, funny type of video? Or do they want to, you know, just be top of mind for a customer? So once I figure out the goal, then I decide, okay, these are the type of strategies we're going to use in the video. But mainly you want to attract customers to your business. So the main reason we created the video was, you know, you just want to, like we talked about, keep your customers top of mind. So whenever they think about the iced coffee or the bagels, they think about one-on-one bagel. Well, that's definitely stuck in my mind. <laughs> what does the creative process look like? Obviously, there's maybe a consultation. You know, Dennis mentioned, you know, having a meeting prior to, and I know, Amanda, you got to get an understanding first and foremost. So in the creation or the consultation process, kind of guide us through um, what it looks like in your world. Yeah, so I guess it will start with a consultation, you know, talk about, what kind of solutions they want. Do they want like an Instagram video? Do they want Instagram, YouTube videos or for Meta now called, it was Facebook before. Oh, I'm still calling it Facebook. Come on guys. It's going to be Facebook forever. Yeah. So once we figure out what type of platform they want to focus on, then we would talk about how long the videos are, if it's a two minute video or one minute video. And then we kind of cater to that. And then we figure out if it's an educational video, do they want to teach something or do they want to be like authority in their industry? Once we figure that out, then we start creating a plan and then we execute on the plan. Very nice. That's exactly like in my world here, the podcasting is uh, utilized for being an authority in your your industry. Do you also provide, you're a marketing agency, correct, or firm, so you provide the full scope, not just one done. So like if Amanda wanted a flooring video done, you could either A, just cut it and send it to her and she obviously could market it herself, or B, if they had a less experienced person, you could carry them through that marketing process. What I hate to see is content go to waste, and oftentimes that occurs here, like with a podcast. People just don't know what to do with it. So let's say you made like a video on YouTube and you wanted to cut it up and put it onto different platforms. So obviously a YouTube video is going to be a long video, long form uh, form of content. It's not going to work the same when you put it on Instagram because the format is weird. It's going to The be, reel is short. Yeah. Yeah. Reels are better for Instagram. So maybe you could take the best parts of the YouTube video, which is more, you know, attention grabbing and stick that into a YouTube or Instagram format and post it on Instagram Reels or TikTok Reels. So you can you can just use one form of content, reformat it, and put it onto different platforms. Very cool. For those of you who are just joining us, my guests today are Amanda Grover, Dennis Santiago, and Daniel Huang. And they've been kind enough to entertain my uh, conversation about a variety of things. I would like for you guys to share just really quickly with our listeners in case they have heard anything that was of interest to them or would like to get in touch with you to utilize your services on down the road, how they can find you. And we will start with you, Mr. Santiago. Absolutely. Um, Dennis Santiago Realtor, um, any platform uh, Instagram, excuse me, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Meta slash Facebook. Give them it's your email at, address at Dennis in Atlanta. Super easy. My email address. It's a little bit longer. It's Dennis Santiago altogether at AtlantaFineHomes.com. Uh, 
anywhere uh, and my cell phone if you guys want it, 678-200-6177. I will be happy to help in any which way I can with your real estate needs. Awesome. And shameless plug, because we're going to be producing the Latin show out of this studio. We are seeking partners. If you would like to be hosted or participate or learn more, you can reach out to me directly and um, we'll ha we're happy to have that conversation with you. Absolutely. So my email address, let's go and get this out of the way since that's your priority, apparently. So it's a groover, G-R-O-O-V as in Victor, E-R at D-C-O-C-F.com. Um, you can reach me via email. You can also reach me on LinkedIn at Amanda Groover, which is where I spend 95% of my time. But I'm also on all the other social media platforms as well. Uh, meta, I don't, not even referring to it as meta. So that was great. I just wrote a note. Meta question mark like am do I, I need am, to get on this platform? No, I'm like I'm like do I need to start referring to it as Meta? But I will tell you I've been on Facebook since Mark Zuckerberg told you you had to have a college email address. So mm -hmm. I it, it's just going to be Facebook for yep. me for the last 20 years. So that's kind of where I'm at. But you can find me anywhere you need to find me on any of those social platforms or reach me directly at our company email address. Thanks. Hey, I didn't ever know what DCO stands for. What does that stand for? It doesn't stand for anything, okay. but the parent company for our company was originally Dalton Carpet One, okay. which is residential. So, so DCO, DCO came out of Dalton Carpet One, and so it's now DCO Commercial Floors. And um, we tried like really it. hard to separate the residential and commercial branding because you could he could probably tell you it's a it's a whole different beast. Different, different monster, yeah. different, monster, different regulations, a whole different group of people. So who is an ideal client for you? Like if anybody like wanted your services, you said you're steering away from residential. So maybe like developers, you mentioned architects. Love working with, um, we do a lot of work with higher education. So private schools are great clients for me. Um, we do a lot of work with commercial real estate agents who do property management and assets. So you have a business like yours that's moving in from one location to the next, and you need me to quickly rip up all your flooring and put up new tile. That's a great client for me because we can do quick turn work for those um, projects. Hotel owners and operators are also good opportunities for me. Okay. We do a lot of high-end hotel lobbies, bathrooms, um, historical renovation projects that nobody wants to do because floors are horrible in those buildings. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of those that are just real easy targets for me. But essentially, if you walk on it, our tagline's on, you can always stand on my word and our product. So Literally. Yeah, literally. So if you can walk on it, we can help you with it. Very cool. And I was someone that you had to educate about your world as well. You know, I had uh, lunch probably I guess last year during the holidays and you had to literally break it down for me what your company did. So educating the marketplace is a lot of what we have to do and you do it superbly. Thank you so much. And Daniel, how about yourself? Yeah, you can reach me at 25marketing.com. Is it just a two and a five or is it 25 spelled out? Spelled out. Okay. And then you can find me on Instagram at daniel.huang with two Gs. And then my phone number is 404 775 Five seven one nine, and what does an ideal client look like for you? Yeah, an ideal client would be a business owner looking for you know social media, video production, or any photos. Very cool. Well, I follow you on Instagram, and I like your marketing tips and tricks, and I think that they're very sharp. So thank you for continuing to put out that content because thank I very you. much gobble it up. I bet Amanda would like it too. So follow. Well, I'll follow each other. How about that? 
Well, as our show comes to an end, I promised I wouldn't keep you guys locked in this room forever, although I'm sure that we could talk about a variety of things all day long. I do just want to give you the opportunity to share one final thought, word of wisdom, joke, or your favorite flavor of Chick-fil-A sauce before we say bye-bye. Word of wisdom, and and I think it it works fantastically well here in in the subject that we've been touching today is, and and this one hit home, uh, I just learned it recently, it's nobody cares that you know until they know that you care. And so, again, we, we need to invest heavily in our relationships so that when when they when they need somebody who knows will be there but nobody knows nobody cares that you know until they know that you care i'll be there for you come on now that was the theme song too i'm waving my hands in the air yes gosh almighty (laughs) amanda final thought uh words of wisdom something funny so the thing I always tell people at the end of the day is don't waste all of your efficiency on trying to strive for perfection relationships are not perfect Businesses are not perfect, and I am definitely not perfect. So do not spend every day hustling for perfection. Just be efficient with what's right in front of you. And so that really kind of boils back to marketing concepts, pieces of content, the relationships you're in every day. Everybody has a passion. You may not be passionate about your job, but you're passionate about something. So how do you bring that passion into what you do every day? And then you'll find a lot more gratitude in what you wake up every morning. I like that. Thank you, Amanda. And Daniel? Yeah, I guess a word of wisdom would be to put in the work to build those relationships because relationships, you know, as we talked about, is one of the most important things in business. And my favorite Polynesian sauce. Or Your favorite salt. is Polynesian? <laughs> that is Polynesian. one of my favorite too. So you are in good company. My other would be honey mustard. I like the honey mustard. But they're getting pretty stingy with the Chick-fil-A sauces. I don't know if it's because of the supply chain or if the one in Flowery Branch is just hoarding them for themselves. But when I ask for four, I need all four of them. I'm not hoarding them at home. I want to use four. So don't jip me too. Okay? Daniel's shaking his head too. Like he needs four as well. Okay? And I guess my uh, word of wisdom would be from a dear friend of mine, uh, Christina Bloom. She's a magistrate. The two things that we can con- control in life, and that is your attitude and your effort. And if you feel like one is falling short during the day, go ahead and beef up the other. So if your attitude's kind of poor, then crank up the effort. If your effort's kind of low, then crank up that attitude. And that's my word of wisdom. Thank you, Christina, for sharing that. For my guests, Amanda, Daniel, and Dennis, who have joined us today, I am so glad that you guys came and visited us in studio. You're welcome back anytime. And until next time, folks, this has been Forsyth Business Radio on Business Radio X.